Oh man, oh man, do I love the topic today. Been waiting on this one for a while. This is the quintessential topic. If you'd listen to no other episode, and I hope you do, this is the episode you have to listen to. This is basic travel healthcare 101, but you guys have to really understand this simplistic thing we're going to talk about today, but we're going to delve into it pretty deeply because this is incredibly important. I can't stress this enough. I'm getting a little passionate already because this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is the one that you've got to tell your friends about. We're going to talk about the pie, which by that I mean the pie chart in which we all work under. It's so important to understand how this whole thing works, and we're going to talk about it today on Travel Evolved. Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome, everybody, to an episode I've been looking forward to doing for a long time. This is um, this is this is it. This is the deal. This is the whole thing. This is traveling healthcare, like I say, 101. This is this should have, could have easily been episode number one, but I wanted to kind of you know, again delve into a few different things, talk about some other issues, kind of you know have some fun episodes and get some guests on that sort of thing. But the reason this episode is so early on. And it is early on, by the way, 26th episode, very early on is because it's that important. It's a foundation. So uh, please keep listening because this is going to, I think, most of you know this stuff, but we're going to delve into it so deeply that you're going to kind of be blown away by, I hope, a number of things today. Thank you guys so much for subscribing. As always, I'm hoping this is helpful for you. Being told that it is and that people are enjoying the uh, the podcast and the YouTube channel. So that's that, to me, that's awesome. And so thank you for the feedback. I am seeing it more and more being posted out there uh, in different social media saying, you got to check this out. So it tells me we're doing the right thing, and it tells me the conversations, the topics that we're talking about are needed and and welcomed. So thank you guys. As, I mean, again, so as always, I'll tell you to hit that bell on the YouTube channel for those of you watching us. Um, it's, uh, it's that little bell that kind of will tell you it's actually a little delayed. I know it's about 12 hours delayed, but once an episode is released, you get a notification that says, hey, there's a new episode. And um, I think if you subscribe to a podcast, you get notified right away because the podcast that I listen to, I get notified on those pretty quickly. So that's cool. So I'm sorry I'm a little bit late on this week. I did have some surgery last week, so much respect for all of you that work in surgical services and all areas of that uh, department. Um, all's good, but... Um, if I look a little rough, feeling a little rough, I uh, have been. So I had it about a week and a day ago, so I'm, I'm doing better. But anyway, wanted to, like I said, get this out there. So um, tried to do it. Matter of fact, had to, had to delay one of our guests because I just couldn't do anything. I think on 
I don't know, Superman or younger than I am because every time I've ever had surgery, which is only really the second time, I always feel like I can just jump right up and do things. And that's just not the way the body goes. So my surgeon is, um, he says he's going to have trouble with me. He's really making sure that I can't do any working out or lifting for uh, a while. It's been a while. It was already a month that I wasn't able to do anything. And so (laughs) those of you that know me, I am getting more and more frustrated. That is a release for me on a daily, sometimes mostly twice a day kind of basis. So I am a little bit frustrated. It's probably going to show up and make this episode even better with my angst today on on the pie. So let's jump right in. What is the pie? Flat out, the answer to that question is the pie, as I referred to it. And it's it's a pie chart, obviously, I'm referring to. I'm just trying to make this episode and the title a little more fun. But the pie chart is... In fact, that all-inclusive hourly bill rate that us agencies get to bill for every hour in which you, the traveling healthcare professional, are working. That's what the pie is. It is a breakdown then and thereby of that hourly amount to the different slices of who gets what. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's really important because this is all about company margins. It's all about your pay in, in in our world. And um, for those people that have put things out there on social media, I hope I can change your opinion about some things. Those of you that say, it really doesn't matter to me what my agency is making. All I really care about is what I'm making. Yeah, okay, fine. I get that. That's one way of looking at it. But you should know what agencies are paying more for the same job. I think that's a fair thing to also throw in there. I guess it doesn't really matter to anybody how much an agency is making as long as you're making the right amount of money. But I bet those of you that are making less than people literally working right next to you, in the exact same role for the exact same position that were hired by a different company may feel differently because if they're maybe they're happier if you're not paying attention and you're making less money. There's reasons why, and we're going to talk about it. It's really fundamental stuff. But guys, this is big. It's a simple idea with a really big effect. And I'm saying that with an A, that it is on the industry and on you personally. This is why this stuff is so important. It is time for travelers to stop sticking their heads in the sand and start not paying attention and start focusing on the money money you guys are making. And get on a perch here a little bit and on a pedestal because I think this is important. You guys do all the work. I've said this repeatedly. If you really look at what us agencies do, it is not that big of a deal. We float a lot of money. It's it's risky. That's the big deal. It's a huge amount of payroll that's being floated with anticipation and hopes that we're going to get paid properly. We are a floating payroll mechanism. In my opinion, if you were to ask true CEOs and true CFOs of hospitals and hospital systems what the best benefit, if there is one, from a traveler agency standpoint, they would probably tell you it allows us about six to eight weeks of payroll without having to pay those bills. So by the time we actually have to pay the bills, we're getting paid by insurance companies, we're getting paid by Medicare and Medicaid, and everything kind of helps us with the cash flow. If they would admit that, that would be great. Most of them aren't going to admit it because they, they hate the fact that they're spending more money on labor than they would if they had to hire any of you permanently or internally. That's the truth. The fact is that barely any hospitals in the United States, barely any long-term care facilities or facilities in general are able to do that in most parts of the country, there are some places where it's just a small town. The town census, you know, population hasn't increased a lot. There's not a lot of, of, of seasonal needs there, let's say, and they have their staffing met. And when somebody retires, they hopefully go out and find someone else to move into their town. I understand that aspect of it. But, you know, for the most part, hospitals have to run with some sort of supplemental staffing, whether it be, you know, 
per diem type situations or, of course, travel. And uh, that's where that's where we come in. Now, yes, there. I hope on today's episode, I guess, let me, let me back up. There's going to be a ton of you that when I get to the numbers part, are going to go, oh, my gosh, I want to jump in and open up an agency. All right, that's good. There are a lot of you that are listening to me because there are some uh, traveler-owned and potentially tr- future traveler-owned agencies that are going to pop, you know, pop up. I, I recommend that. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I recommend it. I applaud that. I have lots of respect for that. I hope that as you continue to listen to Travel Evolved, whether you're starting your company or you're thinking about it, I don't care if you're a, a, tr- a healthcare provider or you're just an entrepreneur that wants to do it, there's going to be a lot of my talk about that is also going to talk you out of it. Because I, I will tell you flat out and honestly, if I would know how difficult this was and how stressful this industry is, I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, there's a lot of great ways to make a living. This is one of them, but you you better be ready. You better have some thick skin. You better be tough as nails, and you better be pretty smart because there's a lot of things that can go wrong, and all, and it just isn't it isn't perfect. So we're going to talk about some really sexy numbers today, at the end, and and how much this kind of revenue is going to these facilities. I'm sorry, not facilities, these agencies. But I want you guys to have a healthy respect for. I think the the risk and how scary and how tough it is to break into it. And many people have reached out to me in the last probably year that have tried or started or thinking about or contemplating having a travel agency and said, "Man, I got into this and I couldn't. I didn't realize how hard you know workman's compensation was. I didn't realize how hard it was to get contracts. I didn't realize how much I had to you know gouge travelers. And I was myself one of them in order to be able to make you know keep my head above water at the very beginning and that sort of thing. So I mean, it, you got to have a hell of a model." Otherwise, it's it's difficult. Let's put it that way. So, all right. So it's the all-inclusive bill rate. Again, I'm going to go kind of slow. Like I said, I'm not feeling that 100%. I'm kind of angry about today's episode because this episode makes me mad because it is, it is in my opinion, the number one thing that is holding our industry back is the way these this pie has been divided, the, sli- the size of these slices. So I want to kind of slow down a little bit and talk about, you know, what does bill rate mean? Like I said, when we are bidding for you guys, when we submit you to facilities, if they're not one that we have a direct and exclusive contract with, and most of us don't have that, we are competing against every other agency out there. So typically what they have is here's our rate for some of these uh, these vendors. And you guys know what vendors are, I'm assuming. They're the ones that are the, kind of the middle management groups that handle all these, these, uh, these contracts. We're going to talk a lot about that here at length today. But these are the people, I'm sorry, these are the ways that you see them. You see, uh, you know, right now, I mean, I, I just had some people going in front of some really, really high bill rates. And what we all kind of do is figure out what it is that we need to keep for ourselves. I mean, I'm going to be flat out. That's the first piece of the pie that is automatically calculated. Most agencies have a set or a scale in which they want to make certain money. And I've said it repeatedly. I'm going to say it again. A lot of them that have a sliding scale or have some wiggle room there, the recruiter typically makes more money the more the company makes, which means the less that you do. And I know no one likes to hear that. I know I make recruiters mad, but that's the truth. Not every company, but those that have kind of a, an area or a margin in which they're able to stay into, typically there is there is a compensatory reward for doing better by the company, which unfortunately means you're the, you're the victim of not having it been being done better by you. Wow, that's a mouthful. But I think you guys understand what I'm saying. And I have experienced that. I have uh, consulted with companies and been involved with companies that that is absolutely the case. So don't, it's, it's real. 
Uh, it's not a sweeping statement. It doesn't mean every company out there does it. Does you know? Does, my company does not do it that way, um, but there are a lot of companies that do. Some companies they have a fixed amount. This is what the rate is. Take it or leave it. I, I prefer that because it is what it is. But today we're going to talk about what is that amount? What is that slice of the pie that us agencies are getting? It's the most important part of our discussion today. But I want to walk you through what that is. So literally, we sign contracts or we bid via usually online or during a submission process when we're submitting you that this is the rate in which we are presenting you to either the facility or to the facility via the vendor management group that is going to take one of the slices of pie away from us. A thin one, but it's a slice. Ends up being pretty lucrative for them. So that's that's how the bill rate is calculated. That's what the bill rate really is. When we are awarded a contract and you are awarded an assignment, that bill rate then is what we are going to bill for every hour that you're working. Most of these vendors nowadays have it so that we can't bill for the first X amount of hours of orientation. They've basically socked it to the agency, and this is where I'm going to defend us, saying that if somebody doesn't do a good job and they're terminated, we're left holding the bag. And so that means that's why they do that. They They are tired of doing orientation for what they assume is going to be 13 weeks and having somebody not work out, whether it's personality or clinical ability, and they're mad. So they don't want to, they can't come after you, unfortunately, so they come after the agency, which is one of those costs of goods sold and costs of doing business, really, that stinks for us. It does. I'm just going to tell you guys that. It happens, it seems like in waves. You'll have nothing and also you have a whole bunch of people that just, you know, and what frustrates me is it's the personality ones. It's when travelers have trouble getting along or they have you know certain issues that they want to deal with um, or they can't deal with that's that's a tough one it's a frustrating one and unfortunately I, again you guys know I'm going to talk openly that's the one that kind of really stinks it's because we lose the most it's like man it's, it's, there's nothing you can do about it I wish that traveler would have been able to get through those 13 weeks and not you know walk off or be terminated or be fired or or have a mutual agreement they're going to be gone that's the one that stinks but it is as they say what it is that's the all-inclusive pie. It is a bill rate that we're allowed to bill in every hour that you guys work, with the exception of what I just mentioned with the orientation. It is what we're able to bill for each and every hour in which you work. So the first thing that is happening, if it hasn't happened already, it always does. In order for us to be able to quote you a rate, all of us agencies have some sort of a calculation mechanism, whether it's through our, our software that we're using to be able to see the jobs and be able to present those to you. And it's instantly, some of the small companies, they may have some sort of way to do it. But all of us, make no mistake, don't just arbitrarily quote you a rate. It is based and predicated on the amount of money that we have been mandated by the CEOs and the CFOs of our company that we are allowed to present the, the, the candidate with for a payroll package, if you will, or an offer. And this is where the pie is, is for the most part, there's a lot of these slices or a couple slices really that are so arbitrary and so random. This is what drives you guys nuts. You guys are out there seeing the same job posted on social media, let's say, for example, by multiple companies with a, just a wide array of, of your slice of the pie, which is your pay package. And you go, why is it? Why is it that there's such a disparagement? Today's episode, this is why. So that's what that is. Now we're going to talk a little bit, and I want to mention a couple of things about that bill rate. That bill rate oftentimes does have some rules attached to it. Like I already mentioned, there are times and oftentimes when we are not able to bill for any hours of orientation for when you get to the facility. That's just like a new wrinkle. I'll never forget, I got accidentally CC'd on an email at one of the big vendors one time that happened. Then they said, it was when this was really first happening. And it was many years ago, I want to say it was over a decade ago. And it was, 
a bunch of us agencies were complaining about this. I want to say it was ten, the first 10 hours of the first week of orientation that weren't being able to be billed. And one of the attorneys for that big vendor said, it's just a way to save the hospital money. We're putting it right on the vent, right on the agency. It was just black and white. And I think they went, oh my gosh, they just went to everybody. And so that's what it is. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but you guys, there's are, there are some vendors and some hospital systems that require you guys to do some things before you get to the assignment. It's the same thing. Nobody wins there. It is a way for, let's be frank, hospitals, facilities to get some pre-orientation, some orientation for free, reduce their risk, if you will, of the process of hiring a traveler to come in with that risk of whether or not he or she's going to work out. I guess we can justify it and talk about it. But that's, I guess, their side of the coin. You know, they're, they are, in fact, I've always said, they're the ones that pull the strings on the money in this situation. So if it's not for them, None of us have positions. None of us have a job. None of us have a job, at least in my part of the world. For those of you that are watching or listening to me, you don't have a travel job. You have a job as a permanent member of that hospital in which you want to go to work at, like the rest of society, and you miss out on all this wonderful travel stuff. So they're the ones that pull the strings, and they make the rules. And all of us go, okay, we won't build for the first 10 hours orientation. What they also do is a lot of them have very specific rules set up for that bill rate or that pie as far as what happens with regard to overtime, call, call back, holiday. And a lot of them, it's very different on all of those situations. Obviously, on call is, is a very small amount of money. It's a charge, by the way, I could, add, I could add that one too, charge pay. It's usually for on call, it's a very slow hourly rate, enough to be able to have us pay you a minimal amount to be able to be, you know, to carry some sort of an on call device, whether it's a, I, I believe it or not, there's still pagers out there. More than likely calling your cell phone or texting you, letting you know to come in. Those are, are relatively easy. It's the overtime that is kind of unique. And I'll walk you guys through this at this point. We're not going to talk too much about this today. But overtime, pretty much, if you think about it, all of what a hospital is paying through us to you, which includes your housing, your benefits, your travel to and from, all the different things that, that uh, you know, your credentialing, all the fees that come in and, and, and require us to pay you to get you there and work either 36 or 40 hours a week are already, those fixed costs have already been accompanied and have already been, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Boy, I'm having trouble today. And I'm not any pain medicine, by the way. All those fixed costs have already been absorbed by that initial 36 hours of that all-inclusive bill rate. So for overtime, all those don't exist. There's no more expense to you, which means they should, the hospitals don't pay us more money for your housing if you have to work a, a fourth shift or a sixth shift if you're a 40-hour-a-week person. There's no more expenses. No more expenses for insurance for us. There's no more expenses for how long, how much it costs you to be reimbursed to get to and from your assignment from your hometown. There's no more expense for how much it costs to credential you and background check and get all the documentations that we needed for to be uh, to be compliant. None of that is, is applies to any additional cost for overtime. It is simply your hourly amount that they're paying you. So hospitals do not give us one and a half times of that pie or that bill rate in order to be able to do just the, the payroll. Typically, it's anywhere from $8 an hour to you know a percentage. I still see every once in a while where hospitals are paying time, you know, one and a half of that, which is nuts in my opinion. But if they're going to do it, then agencies are going to reap the rewards, not the traveler. Agencies will. But typically, it's eight bucks and eight bucks more additionally an hour, up to you know one point three, which is pretty high still for us to be able to handle your additional hourly amount and have all of that be taxed. So it's going to be a bigger taxation 
percentage on those, let's say, eight hours. Let's say you work a, 12, a fourth shift, so you got eight hours overtime, or you work a sixth shift, you got eight hours overtime if you're a 40-hour-a-week person. There is going to be, all of that's going to get taxed because you already have absorbed all of your tax-free amounts for the week. So you're going to have a higher wage, which would should be time and a half of what really should be your full compensation. You guys know I'm going to go there again. But at least you're going to have, even for those agencies that only pay you time and a half of your your taxable rate, it's still higher. So then it's all tax. There's nothing else to carve out. So hospitals figured out that they don't need to pay 1.5. Eight or $10 an hour is enough for the, for us agencies to be able to increase your pay and to be able to still, you know, again, it should be, and we'll talk more about this because I've got a really good example I want to talk about. It should be that we are actually reducing our margins on overtime, not keeping them the same. Talk about that later because there are extra hours that none of us counted on. It's free money for everybody. It's free, not free labor. It's it's not free labor for the hospitals, but it's a relatively slight increase in a bill rate, which means it's relatively inexpensive for them to pay for a, a traveler. It's extra money that we weren't counting on as an agency, and it's extra money you weren't counting on as a traveler. So everyone should win, but most agencies out there really try to screw you and gouge you out of that holiday, overtime, and callback pay. And I think it's completely unnecessary, but that's just my opinion. You guys should start thinking it's completely unnecessary. And start standing up and fighting for stuff, and you'll see how quickly we will change some things fast. So that's a little bit more in depth. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here in a bit, but I want to kind of talk about it. There are really only four slices to this pie. And I'm going to rattle them off for you. There is a vendor fee, oftentimes. There is taxes that go to Uncle Sam. So that's number two. Again, it's only based upon taxable wages. We'll talk about this in detail. All these we're going to go into detail. The two remaining pieces of the pie are how much the agency's margin is, how much profit they're making on that hourly amount every hour, and then what's left for you. That's it. There are a lot of assignments out there that there's only three pieces of a pie. It's divided in three ways because the vendor fee, which I'm going to talk about in a little more detail, doesn't exist because they hold the contract. They, in fact, are the vendor or they have a relationship with that facility where there's no vendor involved and they're billing that hospital directly, which is what I got into when we first got into this industry 22 years ago. It barely exists now. But that's it. So again, there is a vendor fee, which many of you may not realize so when you hear someone say, and I'm going to use a $100 bill rate today as an example, which is actually kind of low, by the way, for right now, but I want this to age well. So in a couple of years, if, if things are relatively normal, I would hope that we're still seeing good, solid $100 bill rates. I think we will. But I want this to age well. So I'm using not a crazy rate, certainly not using an example I used to use in the past because things have changed. So for a $100 uh, bill rate, when you hear that and when you find out from your manager or somebody at the facility that that's what they're paying for you, I want you to understand that the agency oftentimes, like 98% of the time, and then we'll talk about the, the other 2%, we are not getting that. We are getting anywhere from 90 on the low, low end. I still see a few contracts where it's, where it's 4% or we're getting 96% of that. There's a 4% fee. Typically, it's five. I'm seeing six more often now, and there's a few people out there that are getting seven. So we're literally only getting anywhere from 93 to $96 an hour, not 100 So that's number one. So you can see it's a relatively small piece of the pie, but those numbers really do add up fast. I'm telling you guys this because what I want you to know is that when your recruiter or your company tries to tell you that there is more slices to that pie, and they're not going to say it that way because that's kind of my term. When they try to tell you that there are other costs associated with with bringing you or having you be part of that bill rate, yes, 
but it should be part of their slice. That's why their margin is what it is. There's no other additional way. It, you know, it's not the hospital's expense. That is a an operating expense. Actually, it's a cost of goods sold. So when people are figuring out their margin, when I talk about the average margin, I'm assuming that there are already incorporated costs of goods sold in that margin, which means that it doesn't matter how much it costs an agency to onboard you. It doesn't matter what kind of you know swag they give you to walk around with their with their logo on your back. It doesn't matter how much they're paying you for travel or how much their insurance costs or anything else that they say is that's a separate cost. Baloney, it's not. That is part and should be incorporated in their margin. So I'm hearing this more and more like, well, we only we run on a, on a 11% margin. Well, there's two different types of margin. I'm not going to get into this. There's a top-end margin and a bottom-end margin. What all of us CEOs try to do is we try to minimize our cost of goods sold. And, of course, we try to minimize our operating expenses. But when it comes to this conversation, we're always going to try to get drug screens for the least amount that we can to get good, efficient drug screens, background checks. We're always going to try to, you know, let's be frank, we're going to try to hire as inexpensively as we can internally. I'm sure most CEOs try to come up with commission plans that keep more of the, you know, their margin in with them. But none of that matters. There is no other slice of the pie. Convince me otherwise. Tell me I'm wrong. You can't because there isn't. Those expenses are engulfed and incorporated in a company's margin. So company margins are not at what people are out there. I had somebody today tell me that they're, not today, this weekend said, my company told me they're at they're at a 15 or 12 percent margin, <laughs> baloney. But no, they're not. Yeah, maybe after, but that's not what they're calculating your pay based upon. There, there's just no way you cannot survive in this industry for that low of a rate. Yes, I am trying to work on ways to pay people, travelers more. I think there's a lot of us out there that are. I think it's good, healthy, competitive. Um, you know, an edge for those of us. But there's a limit to what you can do. You can't make enough money to float payroll for two months and have you know, millions, literally millions of dollars out there in, in your accounts receivable and be able to make it on a 15% margin right now. It's almost impossible. So there is nothing else. Every single solitary thing is in that slice of the pie that is typically the agency's piece. So I don't care if they say, well, we have to cost go out and, and we have to find you. We have to hire leads. We've got a marketing budget. Or and the biggest one is the credentialing budget and those sorts of things. Baloney, that's part of your margin. Set your margin so that's incorporated. You still are, are profitable after you have all those things. That's not the traveler's problem. That's your problem. Figure out how to make your cost of goods sold lower. And maybe you might actually be able to lower your margin more and be more competitive with the travelers who are listening to my podcast and watching me on YouTube. So there, <laughs> I guess. Um, like I said earlier, big agencies, and I'll use it at that. There are a lot of, there are a couple of agencies, quite a few actually, that have direct contracts with a hospital, and then either they're just working that directly, or they're actually treating themselves as a vendor, and what they can't fill on their own, they're giving out to other agencies to try to get them to be able to fulfill a contract. So when they're placing someone on their own, they don't have that vendor fee. They're that five, or you know, let's say five, six, seven percent fee I talked about doesn't exist for them. So you would think that working for one of those big companies that has those direct relationships would mean, well, I should be instantly making 5 or 6 or 7% more. Common sense would tell you that should be the case. But the reality is, as we all know very, very well, oftentimes the larger the company, the less you make, and to the point where their margins are ridiculous right now. Or talk about that. But you see what I'm saying? They don't even have that fee. And yet you still... If you gave me 7% of that bill rate, 
my gosh, then we could be talking about margins like I just mentioned. That actually could be possible. But not at the $96, $95, should say $93 rates. You can't do it that way. So for some of those big guys, it's almost, it's, it's laughable. They are not only some of the lowest paying companies out there, but they actually don't have that huge chunk of the bill rate. It, it is literally 5 to 7% that is staying with them and not going someplace else. If, if all of us agencies that subcontract could keep 5 or 7%, I would think we'd be passing a lot of that along to you guys. I mean, without having to change a thing. So it's incredibly helpful when you have that. And it allows you to pay more. But ironically, those big companies have such high margins. They've got so many shareholders and so many vice presidents walking around this country that they can't because their, their operating expenses, which has nothing to do with today's conversation, are so high that they need those margins to be over 30%, which is what we're seeing right now. It used to be that was their high watermark, 30%. Not anymore. Not since the pandemic came out and, and, and the rates went through the roof. They are making a lot more than that now. So... I'm just throwing it out there. You should be making more money with those big companies. Unfortunately, I see it more and more. You guys are all calling them out on it. Big companies are only good for brand new travelers who have who don't know any better. And um, it's the fact. I'm sorry for those of you that are listening that work for one of the, the big companies. It's the truth. You guys know it's the truth. You don't pay your travelers. How can somebody subcontracting through you pay more than you're actually paying? Because their margins are that much thinner than yours. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. And yet... There it is, right? So, okay. All right, piece number one. Let's talk about this vendor fee a little bit more in detail. Because it is a small slice of the pie when you really look at it. We are only talking about anywhere from 5 to maybe 7% of the whole bill rate. So on these larger bill rates, and I'm going to use $100 in my example I'm going to use today. $100 is only 5 bucks an hour. So in the big scheme of things, when it comes to what's important to today's discussion, which is you guys, it is not that big of a thing. It is just like the second slice or the third slice, whatever number we're going to call it. But it is not a huge amount. However, it does add up. I mean, it is, it is a fee that we pay vendors to, you know, to be able to see their position. So let's, let's talk about what that means. And I may be talking around some things. If you've heard this, I apologize. But what a vendor is, is we don't just have contracts where we just you know, call up a hospital typically and they say, yes, we'll have you come on board and we'll start emailing you or let you log into our systems. Hospitals don't have travel job openings for allied and for nurses on their on their platforms they actually go out and find people or there are people i should say that have gone out developed platforms developed you know basically tracking systems that allow them to be able to communicate for lack of better word all of these positions to all of us agencies that contract with them and they take this fee for to do that and it you know it doesn't sound like much but for what they do it's a pretty good fee, let's be honest. They have a great website, and they've got some credentialing things involved, and they've got some you know, account managers that run around trying to sell hospitals. You know, fire those guys, hire us. That's what their job is all day long. They're just competing against each other, much like us agencies are competing against each other for your business. They're competing against each other for the hospital's business. That's their bread and butter. So they are pulling that amount out before we see it. Typically, the way it works is that we actually don't get to build the hospital directly. They want to build their own hospital first, of course, get paid, put that revenue in their bank, and keep their 5 to 7%, and then somehow you know pay us you know typically a little bit later, sometimes more than just a little bit later. So it's a really good deal for them. They have zero expense for that. I mean, they've got their internal operating costs, but they don't have a lot of cost of goods sold. They don't have payroll for you guys so it is they're getting money for doing very little i mean talk about a great situation they're getting millions and millions of dollars in every day typically certainly every week 
um, for to be able to turn around and write checks to us agencies to reimburse us for our amount less their fee, which I'm going to talk about, adds up pretty substantially. So that's slice number one. There's not much we can do about that. We either, either play in their world or we don't play in their world. And we all choose to play in their world because it's a good situation. It's how it is. It does work. Communication works well. We get to see jobs instantly. And um, it does keep the hospital from having to sit there and literally deal with three or 400 of our companies. And I almost, almost mentioned what it was. Um, which helps them a lot too. So there is a very good, again, much like agencies, I think vendors, there is a, they are a necessary part of the cog. And um, they fulfill their obligation and whether or not we like their fees or don't like their fees, it's part of the process. So it's, it is, it's the way it is. Uh, it's here to stay for a while at least. And I think that there's no, there's no getting out of that. And I sign up with them all day, every day. And there's some I like very, very much. Some are more difficult. Some have great reputations. It's you know things that you guys don't typically see and know. But um, they're, they have a, much like I'm sure they feel about us, they definitely have a variety of, of feels about them, so to speak. But you guys really do need to know that. When you hear a bill rate, the first thing that most travelers you know, don't think about when they're sitting there pulling out their calculators on their phones and starting to figure out how much money we're making is they forget to take that, that chunk out, which is decent. It actually takes you know, a company that's at a 26% margin would put them at a 34% margin, potentially a 33% margin. That's a big difference when it comes to you know, how much money they're keeping. And it, it can make you guys feel that their company's making more money than we are. And I want just, again, to be always as transparent as always am. I think we're making a lot of money, but it's not quite as much as you think. That's a big difference, by the way. That 5 or 6 or 7%, I'll tell you what that comes to weekly. But if you add that up, it does make the traveler feel that they're, that they're getting ripped off if they forget that we're not seeing that. So piece of pie, slice of pie number one. All right, slice of pie number two is also a relatively, it's the a, it's a second smallest one, typically. And that is what goes to Uncle Sam. Obviously, when every dollar that we pay a traveler, there is a payroll tax that we also pay. And again, I, I've said this before, and I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm, I don't mean to insult some of you, but obviously we all know that you guys pay payroll taxes yourself. But you may not realize, and some people don't, that us agencies have to pay a, a tax on paying you. So for every dollar that we pay you, we have to pay X amount more. And it, again, depends upon your tax bracket and how much money you're making. But it's not just a dollar for a dollar. On the very, very low end, we're talking about 8 or 9%, depending upon the county, the city you live in. Obviously, federal, you name it. There are there are payroll. There's two sides to the taxes. So you guys, for those of you who didn't know that, and I can understand how many of you wouldn't. It's like me not understanding what you guys do for a living. It is real. So there is that is this is the other piece of the pie that that a lot of the travelers forget about when they're sitting there calculating how much money an agency is making you have to incorporate that in the more money you're making as a traveler the more taxable dollars you have as a traveler the higher that becomes so somebody who is you know is really has a huge payroll it, it's it's not just a straight scale it's a, it does it does change and ebb and flow so right now with some of these amazingly high bill rates and with so little of that percentage being allowed to be taken tax free because the bill rates are so high and your compensation is so high, it does affect the payroll. And there's nothing we can do about that. So understand that when you're hearing these gross rates, how you know big they are, it is predicated basically on taxes that we are already paying. We've already carved out that piece of the pie. We know most of us are, if you're if you know anything about the industry, you've already carved that out. And no, when I quote this amount, amount taxable every week, I already know exactly how much I'm going to have to pay above and beyond that 
for those payroll taxes before we can pay you. So that is really slice number two. And I don't want to get in, well, I shouldn't say I don't want to get into it, but I, for today's, I guess, discussion, we have to figure out the other two pieces of the pie before we can even know what that is, if that makes sense to you. These last of these three pieces of the pie are all predicated on each other. How much the agency makes, how much you have taxable, then thereby also how much Uncle Sam is going to be able to keep that tax dollars. They're all reliant upon each other. But it is a smaller piece of the pie. I mean, literally it can be as low as 8% if you happen to have a lower... Uh, you know, a lower acuity and you're not being, you're, your, your overall gross is less and you're in a high cost. I've seen it where it's actually upside down right now, where your total gross weekly is less than you're actually allowed to take legally by the GSA weekly tax-free. That makes sense. So um, if you're a very, very high-paid traveling healthcare professional, you're going to get taxed more, which means more of it is going to also go to that slice of the pie, which is the taxable amount. That, that The only one that sees that is our is our government. Like it or not, that's the way it is. And unfortunately, the more money you make, you see it doubly on the other end of the spectrum, the more money you're actually grossing every week that is not tax-free is going to obviously affect how much taxes you're paying. And again, I, I, I always found it really fascinating last winter when, and go back and look, guys, go back and pull up any social media website where travelers are talking to travelers and look between, gosh, I don't know, January and March of 2021, and you will see people losing their marbles, literally going ballistic on how much their taxes were getting hit out of their, out of their weekly pay, and they were they were they were mad. You guys were mad, and I'm going, wait a minute, what did they just all of a sudden realize we're in the United States of America? This is not a new thing. So it was kind of like, I, I found it incredibly, I guess, interesting that there was definitely a social experiment happening with regard to pay and taxes that a lot of people were unaware of. And it was fascinating to watch it because I've never seen, I mean, I've never gone from X amount of dollars to that much more. I don't know a lot of industries that were, but it was wild to see what happened to travelers and how they felt about it when they were grossing incredible amounts of money and more and more and more of that was being withheld to our government. It was wild. I guess I'll just leave it at that. It was incredibly fascinating. And you go back and look. If you don't believe me, go check it out because it was it was anger, lots of anger out there on social media. Like uh, like they didn't. I think people couldn't figure it out. All right. So let's let's go into. I'm going to talk more about some some examples. Let's go into the last two. And then that clearly really is how much the agency. Let's start with us. How much the agency have have dictated that they need to make. All of us have that figure. I already sold you. All of us have that figure in our minds. This is exactly the kind of money we need to make. This is what our business model is. It is it is no one no one else's business typically, um, but it, it becomes your business because of the last piece is obviously what's left for you guys. So the more a company's making, I've said repeatedly, the less you are. But it's not up to you to decide whether it's right or wrong for a company to have a higher or lower you know, margin or bigger or smaller piece of that pie. But it is up to you to decide whether or not you want to work through that company and take that exact same position as 200 other companies have if they are, in fact, the lowest paying, which would also indicate that they have the, a bigger piece of the pie that they've carved out for their needs for whatever reason. Again, it's, it's their decision. But for today, I'm trying to tell you guys, this is why it's so incredibly important to know this, 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 this concept that we're talking about, the concept of the all-inclusive bill rate and how the pie is divided. Because... Clearly, let's just chunk out an agency. By the way, last year, well, I shouldn't say that. 
in early 2020, can't even say that, in, in 2019, the average travel nursing margin was right around 26%. And I was flying a company at that point that was at 20% margin, and we were getting a lot of travelers that were saying, wow, you're definitely the highest paying company out there for sure. I believed in that. I believed in the more you pay a traveler, the more travelers will come to you. I know it's a, it's a crazy concept, but it, 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 it's my concept. The I watched the the industry go from 20% all the way up to that 26% in the last in that in those 20 years basically 19 years as as more and more companies came in and there was more and more ability for them to sock it to you guys it just is the fact so it was pretty wild watching that now with the pandemic like i've mentioned before these bill rates are so high that i've actually i know CEOs and CFOs i've seen them i've, I've had people tell me these conversations i've actually witnessed a few where it's like we are making we have the bill rates so high. How would a traveler know what our margins are? All they really are going to care about is that they're making five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand dollars a week. And by the way, that's true. That literally happened. Not to you, maybe, and certainly would never happen to you guys again because now you're really getting the, the the knowledge here. But it happened to a lot of travelers. They're like, man, I'm making all kinds of money, and they never really thought about. I wonder what my company's making. I wonder if I'm doing well here. And until they got there and found out there was other companies paying substantially more. Or maybe they were lucky and they were the ones that were that were the top paid. They didn't care, and even then, some still didn't care because it was so much of a situation where I went from you know this amount of money every week to five thousand dollars a week. I don't care. I'm laughing away the bank, and and it's again no judgment there. I know a lot of travelers that that paid off a lot of debt, bought cars, paid off cars, double paid their mortgage. You name it. It was a wonderful time period, um, and but my point is. It still might have been better. You might have been able to make more money. Who knows? But that is the 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 fact is that all of us agencies have that margin or that range of that margin. Like I said earlier on this in the in the episode here, of what is a agreeable or doable piece of the pie for us. That's the next piece that's carved out. Besides that vendor fee, the next piece is here's what we're making by hook or crook. We're making this, and all of us don't care what. How the rest of it's going to fall, it has a lot to do with supply and demand. It's going to have a lot to do with whatever, but we're going to make that percentage. So the bigger the bill rate, the more money we make, but also the more money we're spending, which means higher payroll, obviously. So it does work that way. But it's, it is a percentage, and I don't know of a lot of companies that have a larger or smaller percentage based upon different specialties. I'm sure there's probably somebody out there that's got that philosophy, but it doesn't really make sense. So what I'm telling you is that we have either a fixed amount, that this is what it is, and we're going to quote, all the way down to you know dollars and cents, or we have a sliding scale and we're going to do our best to try to do as best as we can in every single deal, which means, unfortunately, at your demise, but here's what our range is. That's figured out right, right then and there before we get to your portion. And your portion is, is the part that has to do with how much the taxes come. So understand that the right after the margins of the companies and the vendors, I should say, the very next thing that is an automatic is in fact our margins. I hope that all makes sense. That has to be calculated first because once once we have that, then we can say, all right, now we've got this amount of gross dollars left over for the fourth slice of the pie, which is in fact you. I'm not putting you guys at the bottom, but that's just the way it, it kind of works is that here's what's left over. Now, based upon that sliding scale of how much taxable income we're going to pay, 
it's going to change as we play around with the, both the taxable and tax-free amount. Sorry, I did, in fact, leave my phone on. I didn't mean to do that. I try not to do that, but I had something coming in, and that's not it, which is good. So I'm going to keep going. What I was saying was that if you, if we have a bill, let's say we're down to, I don't know, I'll give an example. Let's just say we're down to 75 bucks. I'll make it nice and easy. And we have the same for you, as, and you're going to go to work in Southern California. We've got $75. Someone's going to go to work in the middle of Kansas, let's just say. Obviously, the cost of living, the amount of money that we're going to be able to make tax-free in California is going to be higher than it is in Kansas, which means that there will be less tax-free in Kansas, which means more of that $75 will be taxable. In California, let's say you'll have more taxable, sorry, I'm sorry, more tax-free, which means less is going to be taxable, which means your actual take-home, well, let's take state taxes out, but... <laughs> Your gross would be higher in California than it would be in Kansas at the very beginning, the gross, because it has to do with that amount of the percentage of cost. Now, on your paycheck, you're going to see a lot less in California because they've got a lot of tax laws out there. I'm not trying to confuse you guys or get all over the place, but what I'm getting at is that it, it varies, right? Now, let's say you've got two different counties in the same place. Let's say you were, you were submitted to two positions, let's just say, in Texas. One of them's in a small town, one of them's in a larger town. Same exact bill rate, because a lot of, the, a lot of the, the vendors do that. They have the same bill rate for almost the whole state for, let's say, your specialty. But it's going to fluctuate what you're going to make based upon how much is tax-free in that county. So the more, that, the more that your taxable hourly rate increases, the more taxes a company is going to pay on that. So it actually pushes that back down, too. It's a pretty wild thing to look at. From a, It's hard to do on a podcast. Maybe if I did this at some point, I'll redo this again, and and I may have the technology by that point to go ahead and actually do a screen share, and I could show you kind of how this thing works. It might be more helpful. I should have thought before I did it. And here I'm thinking it and saying it out loud, but that's to me. I just say what I what I I say out loud what I think. So there you go. Um, it is it does change and does ebb and flow, but obviously those last those last two, how much you're making and how much you're being taxed on, they kind of go against each other and, and kind of offset each other, so to speak. But make no mistake, the vendor fee, I'm sorry, the vendor fee, yeah, the vendor fee and the agency fee are set in stone for the most part. So what I'm getting at on this whole thing, guys and gals, is that what an agency makes, that every for every 1% more that either you don't negotiate, for those of you that have to negotiate, and I don't like companies that do that, I'm just going to throw it out there, but the more that you're getting paid, the less an agency is making. Vice versa. If you're getting paid less, the agency's making more. So you guys have choices. I've said that, and I've said that a lot in a bunch of things that I did for promotional materials for this this uh, this podcast, this YouTube channel, this show. I don't even know what to call it without having to say both those things. I did a lot of things for the team um, this summer that talk about you guys have choices, and you do. And like I said before repeatedly, you should be shopping around these rates. You should be looking at them. You should be looking at companies that pay more. Because it's important right now. And I'm telling you, especially when you get to these big, high-paying, high-bill rates, these the pie's bigger, right? Which means more is at stake. That slice of the pie, even though the percentage is the same for you, is a bigger slice, theoretically. It shouldn't be that the agency is carving out more for them and less for you just because the pie itself is bigger. I hope that analogy makes sense. I'm picturing this big pie with a thick crust on top. I don't know. I don't even like pies because it's bad for you. All right, I want to do some math for you. I promise this. And I want to show you guys these numbers. What I want to get at here, this is big, big dollars we're talking about. This industry is 
well, it's a $24.7 billion a year industry. This is not for the faint of heart. This is big boy, big girl stuff. Huge. And it had an 8% increase last year, which actually surprised me that that was not as large as it was. I thought it'd be bigger than that. But the stats came out, had an 8% increase, which is wild, but I guess 8% is a lot, but it's, I felt like it, it's just, we all probably did. It probably felt like it was a lot more of an increase than that as far as the, the overall revenue that was coming in. $24.7 billion. I think I wrote that down. Yep. Got that right. That's a, that's a lot of money. That is a huge segregate, a huge uh, sect of our business and economy in the United States. Healthcare has always been big, but traveling healthcare, $24.7 billion in 2020. That's a lot of, lot of dough. So let's talk about the vendor fee. I just want you guys to have an appreciation for this. I mentioned that you know we have anywhere from five to seven. My example I want to stick with today to, to show you these numbers are, let's, I'm going to use a $100 bill rate because it makes it nice and easy for me and I can do it without having to look at stuff. If you took 5% of every hour you worked, that's only $5 an hour that goes to that vendor for having that website and having that communication tool. It doesn't seem like a lot of money, but let's just do the math. That $5 on a 36-hour assignment, 36-hour-per-week assignment, it comes to $2,340 that that vendor is getting of the pie, which unfortunately means it's not going to you. It's also not going to us. It's not going to Uncle Sam. It's going to a vendor. It's going to that four slice. It's significant. On a 40-hour work week, that comes to $2,600 every week. I'm sorry, not every week. I'm doing that wrong. Every For that assignment. So $2,340 for the course of the assignment. They're making $2,340 to $2,600. Oftentimes more if you work more overtime, you work time more hours than just the, the minimal. They're making more money. That's relative, relatively significant. If you multiply that by a year, that would mean that you're making, that you're earning that vendor $9,360 to obviously $10,400 a year that they are making for having you work through whatever agency through them. They're making over a close, let's just say an average of $10,000 a year on every single solitary traveler at a 5% margin on a $100 bill rate. Obviously, there's lots of lower bill rates. There's also a lot of higher bill rates. I saw a $210 one the other day. So it's a sliding scale. But we're not talking about a small amount of money. Just so you know, for a vendor that handles 1,000 travelers on average, which is kind of a small number, we're talking about obviously you multiply that by a thousand, you're gonna get anywhere from nine point three million to you know over ten million, ten million six hundred dollars for a thousand people that work for them at any given point. Most of these vendors have more than a thousand people. Most of these vendors have six, seven thousand, you know, dollars. It's well, I can say six, seven thousand jobs available at a given point. It's really hard to know exactly how many they have working for them, but I can tell you most of them that are of any size, the big ones have over 1,000 people working for them. So these are, we're talking about companies that produce revenues of over, you know, let's say $10 million a year, and their operating expenses are what? Salaries for their internal people? Salaries for, um, I mean, unless they're kicking back to the hospital, which I don't think they are, it's pretty much pretty good business, like I said earlier on. This is not small dollars. This is a huge, huge revenue stream. Uh, for those of you that want to get an agency, you may want to go with this route because you have very little risk once you go and become a competitor of, of vendors because it is, and now I just lost all my vendors because they're mad, but it's the, it's the truth. It's a very lucrative business with incredibly low risk, but it is hard to break into. You've got to really hit that pavement. you got to make those calls and get people over there. But these guys compete against each other all the time. 
I've watched companies go from literally calling me every week with three guys running a company 20 years ago to being incorporated by a big company now and, and them definitely having more than 1,000 travelers, making millions and millions of dollars a year. It can happen that quick. But I've also seen companies that have been around just as long that literally probably have you know 25% of that, maybe even less than that working for them. So it really comes down to um, how successful they are and where they're going. But the nice thing for them is it is a huge revenue stream. All right, let me keep going because I want to kind of walk you guys through these numbers. So let's just say that this means that we as an agency have $95 left hourly for that bill rate. Now, I want to walk you through these margins and why I think it's so darned important. I wrote, put some notes down there because I didn't want to have to pull a calculator out while I'm doing the podcast and the YouTube channel. The show, got to start saying it that way. I want to show you the difference between what now, by the way, I said 26% was the average margin that, that most agencies were hitting to before the pandemic. I'm just going to be nice and say it's at 28%. I do know it's more. I can't really tell you yet because it's I'm, I'm doing a little bit of research, but most people aren't going to tell me. I'm doing it based upon what I'm seeing for all of you that send me your, your deals and want me to walk you through. I'm seeing an average of higher than 28%. I'm seeing really close to 30 for even the little guys now. I can't imagine what the big guys are at, but they're publicly traded. You can figure it out pretty quickly. But I'm going to use 28% as an example today. So here's what how it would work a breakdown of a $100 bill rate. I'm going to use some examples. So if you got a pen and paper out, follow along with me if you want to. On a 28% margin, if you look at 28% of $95, that would mean that the agency is going to get $26.60 an hour for every hour that you work on a 28% margin. That's not small. That's a big amount of money. Okay. I'm going to do some examples and say that we're going to make some assumptions. I'm going to say that you're, I pulled up an example of a town. I'm going to say that the daily housing was 140, which was, this, I can't remember what town it was. It doesn't really matter. But that, and the meals and incentives were $61 a day. In that example, if you did the math on that, and you had, that is your tax-free amount for your compensation and your total gross, what was left over of that pie. In this case, Again, is you know it's a sliding scale for Uncle Sam, and what's what's left? Here's what the deal would be on a 28% margin. The you would be you would get roughly that 140 a day. Multiply that by seven, you get 61 dollars a day. Multiply that by seven for your meals and incidentals, you would make 22 dollars and 30 cents taxable. And I did this based upon uh, an assumption that we were talking about um, that you were going to get taxed 20% on your taxable income. Did I say that fast enough or slow or slow enough? On that $22.30 an hour, I multiplied that times 52 by 36 and then by 52 and came up with roughly around a $50,000 a year taxable income, which is what that comes to. And I've calculated, again, just using some rough, rough uh, numbers here, that that would give you about a 20% tax bracket, which means 20% of that's going to go to Uncle Sam. That may be high, maybe low, I don't know. But it is what I use. So in that case, your gross, your gross wouldn't have an effect of it, but your gross, you know, would a little bit. It would be twenty two oh nine a week. Not bad. I mean, it's for you know, but it's not great, in my opinion. A hundred dollar bill rate, if that tax was that high and you had that little coming out, on an agency at twenty percent margin, they would be making nine hundred and thirty four dollars and forty four cents a week. Let's do the same example. And the only reason I'm using this example, I'm not just trying to say if it's good or bad, but I'm just saying that's a twenty eight percent margin for an agency. That's a lot. 
If you took the exact same figures, $100 bill rate, you had $140 for your housing, you had $61 a day for meals and sales, you drop that down to a 20% margin for the company, it changes to being 20, only, you know, it's only 24, 20, I'm sorry, $28.25 a week, which takes your, your taxable income up by almost $6 an hour. Everything else stays the same. You're going to pay taxes on that. But your gross obviously comes to 24, 24, and 12 cents a week on a 36-hour work week. The agency's drops from 937 down to 670 at a 20% margin. The difference, by the way, is only $214.27. We're talking about a switch from an agency making that $214.27 a week on you to you now making it. Okay. It again, it's it's a relatively big number. I don't have many of you, but you you think you're already doing the math. I hope because I love you for doing that because my brain would be doing the same thing. We're talking about if you take two hundred fourteen dollars and twenty seven cents a week and multiply it by fifty two weeks, you're talking about eleven thousand one hundred forty two dollars and four cents a year. That's what that eight percent difference between twenty percent margin company and a twenty eight percent margin company means to you. 11 grand. Last time I checked, that's almost $1,000 a week of income from one company over another. And some of you are telling me, I don't, I don't care what my company's making. It's not important to me. Yes, it is. It's incredibly important to you. It should be. Because we're talking about big bucks here, right? Again, it's in 11 grand a year. By the way, working side by side. Now, forget about those. For those big companies that are higher than that, you could maybe double that. I doubt it. Maybe they haven't gotten that great. But it's more than that. Let's just say it's $15,000 a year. Somebody working for one of those huge companies and somebody working for a company on a 20% margin. And by the way, if someone tells you on a 20% margin, say, prove it. I want to know what my bill rate is and tell me exactly what it is that you guys have for your margin. If you just give them a bill rate, you should be able to do this on your own. They won't tell you the bill rate. They don't tell you the bill rate. Do not believe them for a second they're on a 20% margin. Because if they would be, they would be proud to tell you what that bill rate is and walk you through how to do this because they would be very, very proud of, we're the highest paying company out there. We're taking the least amount of this of this pie. We have the smallest slice. So make them put their money where their mouth is. Don't just say, my company told me they're on a 20% margin and believe them because they're probably not being honest. All right, so here's what we're talking about. For an agency that has a... A thousand travelers, and there's there's not that many out there. We're talking about that's. I mean, multiply that by a thousand. You're talking about over eleven million dollars a year difference, not profit, guys. This is not. I'm not saying they're making eleven million. The difference between a twenty percent margin and a twenty eight percent margin for a thousand travelers is eleven million dollars more a year of free money for that agency to operate under that has that higher margin. If they're able to convince you to take an assignment at that lower rate or higher margin for them. I hope that makes sense. It's not how much they're making, it's the difference in what they're making. So when you wonder why these big, huge companies have such small margins, this is why. Now, let me do more reasonable. The, an average agency, an agency has been around for any time, just average, an average, you know, privately owned travel company, let's just say has 200 travelers working for them. I think that's pretty average. If you do that math, we're still talking about $2 million, $2.2 million a year more that they would make if they had a 28% margin over a 20% margin for doing the exact same amount of work, having 200 travelers working for them over the course of a year. That is on that drops directly from their top end down to their bottom line, their bottom end before they come out with their operating expenses. Hopefully they don't have to have, they shouldn't have any more need for any more additional operating expenses because there's nothing associated with that cost. It's simply how much money they're making on every single deal. So 
we're talking about, you know, it's a lot. If you multiply that by, let's just say there's 400 companies out there, we're talking about $9 billion, right? So if everybody in the country that does what I do were to drop their margins down to an average of 20%, there's $9 billion that they wouldn't be making, but that would be potentially available to you. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Let's see if they do that. Let's see if they listen to my podcast and go, you know, that guy's right. We should we should give that $9 billion more dollars. And of the $24.7 billion, we should take nine of that and give it to the traveler. Interesting. Interesting stuff, guys. I hope you guys get this. This is important, and it's pretty fundamental. I don't know how you're going to use this, but it's important to understand how it is that we calculate your rates. And that's really what today was really about. It's a bill rate or a pie. It's carved out in some slices. And the two that are pretty definitive are a vendor fee, if there is one, and how much money we want to make. And then what's left goes to Uncle Sam and you based upon how much you're making, first and foremost, and how much of that becomes taxable, and obviously what's tax-free. And it all kind of breaks down to your total compensation. And you start coupling that with being paid properly for hours 36 to 40 and not just the taxable amount, being paid properly for overtime callback and holiday pay at true time and a half of your full compensation, not just the taxable chunk of it. This is where there's a lot of hidden dollars. And again, if you start multiplying this stuff out by the number of travelers working for different companies and how many travelers are out there, it's significant. There is a huge amount of money to be made if you would like to try to be on this side of the desk. But you got to play with the with the big guns, and it's not easy. And there's a lot of revenue to to, to claim, and a lot of things you have to you have to hear to. What I hear most often, I think, by former or or current travelers that try to start an agency is they don't they quickly lose their friends because they realize that they can't just give them everything, because there are real costs and reasons why a margin at least should be 20% or somewhere around there because of the amount of, of money it costs to to be able to pay you guys weekly and to have that sit in your accounts receivables, how much it costs to run a company between insurance, which is huge, and payroll and staff and to get you working and get you on board and to, to sell you to go to work for our company or the other 357 other companies that are out there. There's a lot to this. It's not quite as simple as you think. It isn't like, I'm going to start a company and I'm going to pay my travelers all this money. They're all going to come running to me. What more often than not happens is that happens for the first three or four and then all of a sudden reality kicks in and you've got to start to increase your margins and you can't do a 10 or 15% margin and you realize, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. There, it, it's it, The industry functions and works, <clears throat> but I do think, I guess for lack of better ending, I think there's some room for improvement. I think there's some room for adjustment of the slices, uh, let's say, and I'll leave it at that. So guys, I hope today was helpful. I enjoyed it. I got through it. I had a little dry throat, but uh, hopefully I'll feel better and better as more of these episodes come back. I still am working on that episode I really can't wait to do with some guests. So I'm hoping that that's coming next. We'll see. I got to coordinate it, but I'm excited about that one. And guys, as always, I really appreciate you listening to this. I hope I didn't make too many uh, numerical of mistakes on this one. I was trying my best not to. 
I hope I didn't misspeak on some of the stuff, but go back and listen to it. Please share this episode with your friends. I hope this becomes our number one episode. Uh, Company Margins is, is kicking it. So it tells me where you guys want to go. And I appreciate you guys as always. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next time on Travel Evolved.